It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's good, everybody? It's Monte Morris on the move. We're going to talk about Bradley Bell and his goodbye to Wizards fans and chop it up about the press conference for Bilal Kulabali next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. So today we're going to talk about Monte Morris. Is he on the move and where and how would that affect the current roster construction in the 202? Then we'll talk about Bradley Bill with his goodbye letter and how interesting that is going to be. And we're going to talk about Bilal Koulibaly, our new first round draft pick and his press conference. So let's dive right in. E. Um, Monte Morris, obviously, if you look at the, the, the current roster, he's odd man out. So we're going to look at um, what, are, what are the destinations that seem more likely to you? And with him being traded, how does that affect the roster going forward? So um, get on. What are your three right now? You're pretty much your top three destinations for Monte Morris as far as uh, trade destination. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, one of the one of the point guards certainly had to be traded. We have a lot of guys. Uh, they definitely need to consolidate. I mean, we have some some good guys. Of course, you know, I like DeLon Wright a lot as a defender. Tyus Jones is a good backup point guard. Um, and Monte Morris is a backup point guard. You can call Jordan Poole point guard. He's a combo guard, point guard slash shooting guard. Uh, so you just have a lot of guys at that spot right now. They're all typically backups, except for if you want to say Jordan Poole is a point guard. Tyus Jones was a backup to John Morant. DeLon Wright a backup this year and, and throughout his career, and then Monte Morris really a backup on the Nuggets. That's what he really should be. He shouldn't be your starting point guard. He really should be your backup point guard. 
Um, and then before we even started, we talked about how Monte took the wizard's name off his Twitter uh, bio. <laughs> he put up, he turned his pictures, profile picture into a black, uh, just all black. And then he put up the popcorn emoji. Uh, and then he put up some other cryptic tweets as well. We were just laughing before we started, guys. Um, you know, Monte, I think he's a good guy, good player and all that. But honestly, all the cryptic stuff is just like, you know, I'm not going to say typically star players do that. And, you know, he, he he's not a bad player. But for yeah. him to do all this is, is kind of just like we're just sitting back and laughing at it. But, you know, we, we you know, like I said, Monte's been nothing but a nice guy since he's been here. But it's just kind of hilarious watching him kind of do all this uh, while he's been talked about about being traded. Um, but, yeah, to get back to the question, um, and then I'll point out Keith Smith, uh, NBA from Spotlight, he tweeted out two, three days ago. He said, the Wizards are far from done with rebuilding the, their roster. They've engaged with several teams on trade talks involving their veterans on a roster. Sources tell Spotlight. So Washington is motivated to clear out some of their New logjam at point guard, so obviously, yeah, they're going to move one of these guys. And I thought they are going to move him during the draft. So I'm actually surprised that some of these guys are still here. Um, I thought either Tyus or DeLon or Monte was going to be moved so we could try to move up in the first round, maybe to package Tyus in a second, and all the second rounds. Since we have a million second-round picks, they could just attach Tyus and, and all these second-round picks we have and move up into the first, or DeLon in the second-round picks, or uh, Monte Morris, et cetera, in the second-round picks. But um, – so some trades that we did see that I think would fit, because I know the Clippers were interested in Monte Morris per uh, Josh Robinson at Athletic. They said that they sent a scout to watch a game of Monte Morris last year. The Clippers wanted, you know, they're looking for a point guard, obviously. Uh, Russell Westbrook, they signed him on a buyout last year. So they kind of been kind of they kind of been really looking at a point guard hard. They signed John Wall last year, too. So they've really been trying to get a point guard in there. Um, so I think Monte Morris is a guy that could fit. So shout out to the Wiz of Oz. Uh, dot com they respond they reacted to the trades that we did on bleacher report last month um so they had uh, a trade this is a mock trade that they came up with monte morris for robert covington amir coffee and a second round pick and i'll get your opinion on it i think i think this it's not a bad deal you got to think again what are you going to get from monte morris you're not going to get a first round pick unless you package him with some with one of our younger players you're just not going to get a first so at best you're gonna get a second round pick um, and then maybe like a solid player. He's making $9 million per year, which is pretty good. That's a really good contract for him. Um, so I, I like that deal that he's on. So he's got one year left on his deal. So I, I wouldn't mind Robert Covington. I got to look at his contract to see if the salaries even match. Um, I want to say we do have a traded player exception. So maybe it could work. And then Amir Coffee, we were supposed to trade for him in the original Porzingis trade where we were going to get a first round pick for the 30th pick. So he was one of the guys that was supposed to come over from the Clippers. So we would just end up with um, Amir Coffee. Um, and then the Raptors one that Wiz of Oz came out with was Monte Morris for Thaddeus Young and Precious Achua. Precious Achua is a solid young man, young young big man. He could be a backup to Gafford next year. Um, and then Th Thaddeus Young is on the tail end of his career, so he doesn't really provide much value. But he's a solid guy off the bench. And then the other one is to, to the Nets uh, for Patty Mills, another backup point guard. And then Dayron Sharp, uh, a young backup big, and then a second round pick. So and then another one I found. Um, this was somebody from the Timberwolves media they had is trading Monte for Wendell Moore, who went to Duke last year um, or two years ago and was a first-round pick, and uh, Torian Prince at a second-round pick. So that, I actually like that one kind of better. I think the first one probably would be the Clippers one because I do like Amir Coffey. I do like him in a second-round pick. I'm with the E. I kind of like the T-Wolves offer, man. That's Because you got a couple of intriguing pickups right there because um, this is obviously a youth movement right now. Um but let me get on Monte real quick, man. Um, 
before I even get into any <laughs> trade talk. I mean, come on, bro. Like, really? <laughs> we be encrypted on Twitter. Come on, man. I mean, the criticism of Monte, none of it is like out of left field. None of it is unfair. You know, you came in, you had that one year to prove it, whether you can be a starting point guard. We know what you can and can't do. And my hat goes off. You came and did your job. You know, I'm not going to say you didn't have a terrible year. You came and did your job. But you're not starting caliber, man. So to, to kind of take that personal and get all mad and go at people on Twitter and all that, come on, man. Stop it. Um, get back in the trade polls. Like you said, you're not going to get much. Monte's a backup. I mean, we have a roster full of backups. Now, that's going to be interesting to see um, how this roster kind of unfolds going into the, um, the offseason. Because obviously they're letting the market unfold. You know, a lot of teams, they're not going to be able to sign a guy. You're making $9 million, so he'll be a nice backup point guard. You know, the Clippers is intriguing. They need a backup point guard in L.A. Um, Timberwolves, that's a nice offer. So, But there's, there's a lot of flexibility as far as teams that need a backup point guard. So I think we will be able to move him and be able to get a young player in return. Because like I said, this front office is doing a good job finding young players. You know, we're going to talk about Patrick Baldwin and a few other pickups. But they're doing a great job picking up young players. So one or more I'm not against. He's a young prospect that... You know, he's going to get some playing time here in D.C. Um, but Monte, yeah, is, you're not going to get much, man. You're not going to get much. And he knew as soon as Brad, KP, you know, Kuz, likelihood he's gone, they, that he knew the writing's on the wall. He wasn't going to be around here much longer, especially picking up Tyus, you know, picking up Jordan. And like I said, it's going to be interesting to see where they kind of set this lineup because, you know, Jordan Poole can start. But me personally, I think they're going to let him cook at the two. You know, he's going to score a lot of points in D.C. this season, man. So I think two guard is where Poole is going to go to. And you could see Tyus be that starting point guard. But um, because, you know, obviously Johnny Davis is going to be on the bench. I don't see them starting him outright this year. They're going to give him some minutes off the bench. Um, it's going to be interesting. Kispert, you could see at the three. Denny at the four. So they have a lot of options as far as a lot of these young pieces. And obviously they have to consolidate. You know, where does Land, you know, Landry Shamet come into this? So a lot of questions, but I think they're going to kind of thin out the herd here in D.C. and, you know, really find a young entourage here for this roster. But, yeah, it's just he came in and did his job. But that's just, I, I, what cracks me up is that guys get personal when you're calling out what any analyst in the NBA is telling you, man. You're not a starting point guard. So why get mad? It's not just Wizards fans coming at you because he came with a few people on Twitter from Wizards Twitter, and it's like, come on, man. I'm like, come on. When, when did have you started? We gave you a chance. You couldn't do it. Then just move on, man. So, yeah, all this cryptic talk and all this, like, come on, man. I mean, look, we grown men in this, man. Come on, stop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just stop it. But, you know, Monte, I think likelihood is he's going to be a guy that's going to be moved because, you know, DeLon Wright, you know, he's on a spine contract, so I would keep him. He can, he can play defense. He's got a dog in him. You know, he can come in. He can play. So I think he's a candidate to stay, you know. But – Obviously, Monte is the man out in D.C. So, again, you know, thank you for your service, man. He came and he did his job. I'm not mad at him. You know, I like him as a player. I like him personally. Cool cat. You know, just it is what it is, man. You came in, you got your chance, and, you know, hopefully he's going to find a chance somewhere else to try to get that ring. So it's, it's no hard feelings on my part, but you got to be a real, realistic as a player and know that, look, you had your chance. You're not starting caliber. Try to find an opportunity as a backup. And that's where I'm at with it, man. You know, all this cryptic stuff, man. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah the popcorn emoji now um you know he's west's guy we traded him for kcp and will barton two guys that won't be on the roster most likely next year will barton's already gone monte morris is probably not gonna be on the roster next year uh kcp gets a ring and monte you know he goes to the game in the finals and i respect monte for that too because he was with the nuggets for a long time so it's unfortunate for him that the time that they win the finals is the year that he leaves and uh once again yeah he's just a backup he started with the nuggets when he when Jamal Murray went went down, so that's the reason why he started. And 
Um, solid pat. He's just he's solid at everything. He's not great at anything. He's solid. He's a steady Eddie guy. Stays healthy. He's not going to turn the ball over. Great assist to turnover ratio. And then a good thing is that um, I know on a podcast it was Brian. I want to say it was Brian Windhorse. And they shouted him out, and they said that he would be good for the Spurs. It was um, Brian Windhorst and NBA analyst Tim McMahon and Tim Bontes that proposed the idea of the Spurs and the Wizards engaging in trade talks to send either Tyus Jones or Monte Morris to the Spurs. Um, just saying that, the, that he would be good for Victor Wimbiana, you know, just have a good veteran point guard to help him steady the ship, not turn the ball over, get Victor set up in the spots in the post or pick and roll, pick and pop. And I think he would be, he would be a good veteran for a team that's bad or not going to make the playoffs, or I think he would help some playoff teams too, just coming off the bench and um, not turning the ball over. Assist the turnover ratio. That's the big thing with Monte. So um, if the Spurs are interested, I would love some of the young guys that are on the Spurs. I like Malachi Branham. I don't, I don't think we'll get him, but I know they got some future first as well. They probably wouldn't get a, give up a future first, but um, I think the Spurs would be a good fit as well. So, uh, But once, like you said, thank you for your services. Good player, good guy. You don't have to worry about him in the locker room at all. Just a, a professional, good friends with West Central Jr., um, but you know, we wish you the best, uh, wherever you go. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you, man. I mean, that's where yet. Thank you for your service. But you know, he is a, he is a guy who can play some ball. He's going to find a home where he can be that veteran point guard on the second unit. So he's going to find a home, you know, he, he definitely plays some balls, just not a starter. So, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and end it there. Um, before we're going to move on to the real deal, Bradley bill, he said, finally said, thank you and goodbye to the wizards fans. But Still, there's some controversial comments on in there. So we're going to talk about that. And then, obviously, we're going to talk about Bilal and his press conference. So before we do, tonight's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, hit eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know where the part will fit or your money back because just in, like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop with ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions hey guys it's walker mail host of the locked on hornets podcast and being around sports media and a fan of the hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience what if the seahawks let marshawn run on the one yard line with the super bowl on the line or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in chicago michael in la and made charles barkley the first black president Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Apply. And thank you for making Lock the Wizards your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. We're going to chop it up with some draft experts about our newly acquired first-round pick, Bilal Kulabali, and talk about his strengths and his weaknesses and really was a realistic time frame on his development but before we do we're going to chop it up about bradley bill and i actually um i had it pulled up but i don't have his uh tweet man so mm, i don't know if you, you have it oh got you so yeah 
So I'll go over some things that stood out to me. Um, of course, he starts out saying, Dear DC, it wasn't easy to write this. It's been an amazing 11 years, and it's unreal to think my time here has come to an end. You spend over a decade somewhere in that place becomes more than just the team you play for. It becomes a part of you. Of course, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read some stuff that stood out to me. Um, and then, of course, you know, as you were getting to or, or, or about to say that a lot of fans we could see on social media were getting upset because, you know, he didn't. He was traded, what, it's been, what, a week now or almost a week, and he still didn't come out with a um, farewell letter. And, you know, Chris Tapps already wrote his piece. He already wrote something. Um, you know, you've seen – you've seen. Um, I want to say another player wrote something else, like a farewell letter, and, you know, Bradley Bill still didn't write one. So it was it was kind of odd that, you know, it's still been a couple of days and he didn't say anything. You know, typically players get triggered within 24 to 48 hours. They write something. I wasn't personally upset about it, but I get – no. <laughs> by fans, you know, I, I just wasn't really personally invested with it, but it, it did seem kind of odd that he didn't write anything. But now he did finally come out with with an article for from the Players Tribune. Now he did say, "I can still picture the look on John Wall's face before Game Six against the Celtics in 2017, as we were talking to each other in warmups. We didn't even need to be talking. That's how much we were on the same page about that game. It's like we knew how anything could happen in a Game Seven in Boston, and we almost could live with that, but we weren't losing tonight." You know what I mean? It was like tonight we're putting DC on our back. Memories like those will stay with me forever. So that stood out to me, man, because John Wall had a heck of a game that game. Uh, Bradley Bill had a good game that game as well. That's the game where obviously, you know, everybody remembers John Wall still on the table and said, this is my city. Um, and Brad had a good game. He had 33 points that game. Now, of course, you can look at the good and the bad. Him and John had a great time in DC. Um, they had so much potential. Um, they made the playoffs a couple years. They made the second round a couple years. Now, of course, the ending wasn't great because John went on the podcast and said, you know, do you want to run it back, Brad? And Brad says, I don't know. And then the history is there and the story writes itself there. John Wall gets traded not too much long after that. So, um, you know, he, of course, he's going to shout out John. They're, they're still buddies off the court, but that definitely stood out to me in the article, too. Yeah, I'm. Um... <sighs> I'm with you. I wasn't very invested. I could care less if you said goodbye. It is, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I would say this about Bradley Bell, man. Uh, it's just an unfortunate end to an era where it was just, mm. it was meh. And, you know, it's not, he, what you can't really, it's, it's a bad era. You know, we just couldn't surround him with talent. The contract mm. was just too much of an arbitrage contract, man. And just, but criticism, you know, there's a lot of camps as far as Bradley Bell. You know, you got people that are supporters of Bradley Bill. You got people that really don't care. And yeah, people that are kind of like, you know, rubbed the wrong way about his exit. And I'll say this, you know, he came in, he was very loyal, 10 years here. He signed many deals to stay here. Um, you can't blame him all the way for the contract because that's when Ted Leon says and Tommy Shepard. You know, they should have known that that contract was downright stupid. But I mean, to give him that much power is just ridiculous, man. It's a dumb contract. But, you know, I'll say this, man. Um he could have did better as far as certain things. All right, you know, he signed a contract, and I get that. I, I I have no problem with generational wealth, you know, doing what's best for your family. You know, a contract, so, you know, it set his family up for long-term success, and I'm all about that, man. You know, get your money. But, you know, to me, this is my personal opinion. You know, and obviously it differs. But my, my, my issue with Brad last year was the bad body language. You know, he didn't exhibit the body language of a guy who was a franchise player. You know, when you're getting blown out and you're chatting it up with your buddies at the free throw line, I have a problem with that. You know, when you're getting blown out and you're over there, you're tapping it up with Jason Tatum. I have a problem with that. You know, I, I have a problem with, you know, you know, who cares about your 2K rating? But you, you're going to go on, you're going to go on Twitter and have a war with fans over your 2K rating. Who cares? Bro, you're not a 90 above. Let's be real. Just get over it. 
I mean, it's just the body language was trash. And it's just certain things he did just rub people the wrong way. It wasn't that, you know, he, he didn't take that step to be a leader. You know, he wasn't that voice in the locker room, you know. And I noticed this just from watching on TV and being a couple games that when everybody's in the huddle, where's Bradley Bill at? He's sitting on the bench. That's not a franchise player. You know, you saw other guys in street clothes over there in the huddle with the coach, talking to the young guys. You know, he didn't take a central role as a leader. And that's my problem with Bradley Bill. You know, you could have been a leader here. That money, you know, my criticism of Bradley Bill is, is that love him as a player. Third favorite wizard of all time. Um, I love what he did off the court. His personality was dope to a certain degree. I, it, to me, it was a contract. That contract to me signifies this, that you're the guy. You are the franchise player. You need to be the guy that takes the last shot. You need to be that voice, digging into people, man. You know, really being that leader. He wasn't that guy. And it's just the body language just was terrible. And, you know, even the way he left, it's like you could. I, my personal opinion is this, man. Yeah, obviously he's going to find the best position for him as a player and longevity of his career. And Phoenix, man, you know, look, they got a nice little squad. Now, can they find a bench? Whole nother question. But again, not our problem. But it, the way he left was a little sloppy. Could have been done better, but... It's just, I think that's where a lot of fans are at, man, is that it's not criticizing him as a man, obviously not. Not him as a player. You know, he's very important to D.C. It's just that contract was stupid from the get-go. You know, that amount of money for a guy who has never been a number one, and then you throw in a no-trade clause, then you throw in a 15% trade kicker, and then he dictates what you get for him. All this power for what, man? For what? You're not a top 10 player. You're not on the same level as Steph Curry. You're not on the same level as Giannis. You're not on the same level as LeBron. You're just not. And, and this charade that we had going on for two, three seasons that Bradley Bill's a guy. We're going to try to surround him with talent. We wasted a whole bunch of time. And now we finally got a front office who's going to build. And we can finally rebuild this franchise because we were held hostage by this contract, man. And by God, I'm, I'm so glad that he's gone just because of the contract. It's, it's, it's sweet and sour because if he made less, I would love him to be in D.C. You know, I would love them to try to build around him if he made less money. But as soon as he put signed that contract, that was it for it. It was just a matter of when. We all knew it was a matter of when. When was he going to have enough of losing in D.C. for him to ask out? So, you know, when the front office came in, it was just I, I knew it. It was it. He was going to ask his way out. So it's sweet and sour, man. It, it really is because as a man, what you did off the court for this, this city, man, he did more than most. I mean, especially for a city that's a capital and then you get, you know, so many decades, we got no love in this community, man. You know, this community struggled. So, you know, him and John and even Russ that one year was here for them to do what they did off the court to make sure the kids were fed, especially in the summertime, make sure kids had book bags, make sure certain things were done. Mad respect, man. Mad respect because I'm from the area and I love it, man. Cause like, I mean, kids need help around here, man, but it could, his, his exit could have been better. And, you know, obviously if you look at, um, what he said, he left the door open. He said, look, I'm not saying goodbye. But then he throws out, we're only 162 away. He's like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, you were good. And then you had to throw it in there. He was like, come on, man. So it, mm -hmm. it was a sloppy exit, man. I wish him the best. You know, I, I, I don't dislike him. You know, I wish you the best, bro. Go get your ring. You know, really, you know, do what's best for your family. It's just, it's unfortunate that it ended this way, man, because it was just sloppy from the get-go. It just, it wasn't meant to be. But it's all love on my part, man. But yeah, before we roll, man, you got any more on Brad? Um, no, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head on everything. I mean, you brought up the 2K rating, and it kind of shows where he's focused at, you know, where his mental is at. He really was um, 
you know, kind of pressed to get that scoring record. You know, when we talked about it on, on the show a couple of weeks ago that he wanted that he was going to be here because of that, I was like, really? That's why you want to stay here is because of the, state, uh, the scoring record <laughs> to finish that. Um, but no, I mean, like, like you said, you brought up a good points. There's, there's a lot of good with Brad and a lot of bad the body language. Um, even when Russell Westbrook was here, um, a lot of the body language was bad or even before that, where he's holding his head down and, um, kind of looks like he's going to be in tears, you know, we're about to lose. And I, I get being emotional, we're going to lose, but just the body language as a player. And then even the two games against the Raptors at home and the two games against the Hawks at home, they just looked so, there was no urgency in those games where they were huge playoff games for us. They weren't playoff games, but they were games for us to make the playoffs or to play in to qualify. We laid an egg on both those games. And it just looked like they had no urgency. The last shot that I don't really remember from Brad is the shot that kind of went off the backboard. It didn't kind of, it did go off against the, it did go off on the backboard against the Raptors. Uh, and I'm sorry, the Hawks where we had a legitimate chance to win that game. And uh, that's kind of the last uh, memory I'm going to have from him. Unfortunately, I know, there was a radio show where they said they didn't have any more. They they didn't have any big memories that they could think of from Bradley Bill. I think that is a little disrespectful. I do have a couple good memories from Brad. Um, I do remember when you know him and Russ had a had a huge game. He had fifty points in that game where they I want to say they beat the Pacers or somebody, um, and they went on a crazy run to make the playoffs. That was a crazy season. Um, and then he he had thirty three in the game six with John. Even though that was John's game was standing on the table, but he he had thirty three. That's that's something to remember there for sure. And then. In game seven that we lost against the Celtics, he had 38. That was a loss, but he had 38. Now, there's so many games where he had good games, but we lost. And the the uh, the turning the ball over in the clutch, you know, it's just, you know, some 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 stuff that 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 is going to live where you remember for Brad Bill. But, um, yeah, the, the 160-point comment at the end is like, you know, I'm not really looking to bring you back. You know, I, I like you a lot, Brad, but I'm not bringing you back here just to get a, a scoring record. I'm not doing that. Now, if he would have been – it was a little off now. You know, you would like him to say, I would love to come back and win more, you know, rather than just talking about the scoring record. Because I, I could care less about him doing that now. I, I couldn't care less before, but now I really couldn't care less about him now since he wrote it in the letter. <laughs> but the letter, it, it was it was heartfelt. He talked about, I'll never forget the day the Wizards drafted me because I, it was my 19th birthday, June 28, 2012. Remember growing up, my brothers and me, we talk about who was going to be the first one to buy my mom a dream house. So, I mean, it was a good letter until that. Um, it, d- it does remind me of the 2K rating thing and the whole all-star thing on Twitter and being upset about that and the single accolade. So um, definitely some good and Brad, good and bad with Bradley Bill's tenure here. So um, he finally came up with the letter, but the ending definitely <laughs> threw me off a little bit. Uh, I get it. He was joking, but he was, he's dead serious about that. I think he is going to try to sign a 10-day, uh, like Isaiah Thomas just signed a 10-day with the Celtics uh, two days ago. Look, just Phoenix. to get the score record. Phoenix, get this man a publicist. Get this, please. <laughs> you know, read his stuff before he puts it out in the public. Yeah. I mean, he, he had me till then. It's like, really? For real? That's where you're gonna come back? Really? <laughs> it's just it's 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 so unfortunate just how it ended, man. Because my 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 biggest uh, memory. Oh, there we go. Yeah. My biggest memory um of Brad was the 2020-2021 when we were down by five. I believe it was five to the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nets when mm-hmm. he hit that three. And um, what was it? Uh Garrison Matthews got the um, sold the ball. Dish it out to Russ, and we end up winning the game. You remember that game? Oh, it was, that was against the Nets, right? Yeah, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Yeah, that was yes, a sir. game. That was yeah, a man, game. that that's my memory, man. They they had yeah. a nice backcourt, man. And so, yeah, it's it's good memories. It's just it's unfortunate. So we're gonna go ahead and move. This is Jake from Locked On. 
Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Oh, man. Um, Obviously, we're going to move on to our new first-round draft pick, Bilal mm-hmm. Koulibaly, man, out of France. Um, He had his press conference, and we're going to react to it. So, a lot of a lot of nice things were said about his young man, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the biggest, what would what, you get out of it the most? E? Um, I really like the things that Will Dawkins said about him. Now, I, what I will say too is about leadership, you know, um, Blau said that Jordan Poole already texted him and, and contacted him already. And I love that with a passion because, you know, when we talked about when, when Michael Winger had an interview or a press conference, he said he didn't talk to Bradley Bill yet. And, you know, Michael Winger was there for a week, and that was alarming to me. That kind of put my attendance up that Michael Winger really wanted to rebuild and trade Bradley Bill. When I heard that, I was – because I was like, you know, when a GM comes in – and I brought up examples. I was like, if a GM came in to the Nuggets, I think they would speak with Jokic within hours. If they came into the Lakers with LeBron, I think you speak with LeBron within hours. You don't wait days to talk to LeBron. Um, I don't think you wait days to talk with, with Giannis. I don't think you wait days to talk with Ja. Um, I don't think you wait days to talk with Jimmy Butler. Uh, so I, that's just the, the sense and vibes that I got. And I love the vibes that Jordan Poole is given. Maybe he can step up and become uh, a leader. You know, maybe he can mature uh, as, as a young man. He's stepping up and doing that. So that that was awesome to hear from Bilal. Um, Bilal said that he wants to be a guard uh, or that he, he plans on playing as a guard. You know, he was kind of a small four slash guard. So to have a six six guy with that kind of wingspan playing guard, is exciting to see. And then uh, Will Dawkins also said that um, he wants Blau to play with the ball a little bit more. We want to definitely see explore that through the summer league. So I'm excited for the summer league. And he also said we're, we're, we won't take short-sighted approaches in the draft. We'll take the guy who will be the best long-term player. And that's something that we haven't really seen the Wizards take big swings. Corey Kispert, I love Corey. I think he's one of the better draft picks under Tommy Shepard's tenure. Um, but he was more of a guy where you kind of knew what you were going to get. Bilal, you don't know what you're going to get. There's so much potential there. Corey is – he is what he is. He's going to be a good shooter. He's going to make the right pass. He's going to be – he's he's an underrated athletic player, but you kind of know what he is. Uh, Rui, good player, score. You already know what he is. You kind of already knew what he's going to be coming out the draft. Um, who else they got? They got Johnny Davis, another guy who is a consistent player. Still don't know what he what he is, but you kind of knew that he was gonna that you 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 had a feeling that he's gonna be like a rotational kind of solid bench player. Denny, that was kind of a swing, but at the same time, a lot of ESPN mock drafts had us taking Johnny. So this is the biggest swing that we've seen the Wizards take in a long time. And Bilal, he's a boomer bust guy. He is. He could be a good player, and I could see him being a bad player. The shot needs a lot of work. 
Um, but we'll don't say we're going to take the long-term approach. This could be a three-year process, three-year developmental process. Um, he could come out there, sink or swim, but he's got to get in the weight room and get better. And Will Dawkins is ready to take on the challenge of developing Bilal. And Bilal, of course, I like that Bilal is aware of himself. He's getting the number zero, but he knows his history. He knows who Gilbert Arenas is. He knows who Agent Zero is. He said he played 2K. So, you know, for him to get that number, I'm happy that he at least knows the history of uh, Gilbert Arenas. So I, I don't really have a problem with him get, getting Gilbert's number. Now, I know Gilbert had a great career here. It didn't end well, but um, I'm, I'm happy at least that Bilal knows uh, the player that that he, he's he's uh, getting the jersey of. So there was a lot of positives from it, um, but Will a lot of Will Dawkins, a lot of stuff that Will Dawkins said to me. Um, and then Bilal said he first got into basketball because his favorite player was Carmelo. Um, so those, and he said, also said he wants to be an All Star, one of the franchise players. So I uh, said a lot of good things. This is a press conference. It's a honeymoon phase right now, so I'm not going to take too much stock into it. But I heard some good things from Will Dawkins and uh, from Bilal. The biggest thing I took out of E was this: like you said, he's self aware. You know, he knows that he's got to work on his game to get acclimated to the NBA game. You know, the fact that he's, he mentioned shot. Look, he, he he said it himself. The NBA game is faster. Your closeout is faster. You know, you got to get that shot off quicker. In the NBA, that closeout is quick. They're going to they're gonna contact the shot. And he does well. I mean, looking at his highlights and looking at his scouting, man, he is known for his closeout speed. You know, defensive, he's, I mean, I like what I see from him defensively. Now, offensively, he's going to have to get that shot off quicker. He's going to have to work on the mechanics of that shot. Um, but the mechanics are there. He's got speed. You know, add a little strength. Yeah, ap- absolutely. But, I mean, the athleticism is unreal, man. I mean, if he can really piece it together. But that's the biggest thing I got from Will Dawkins and from him and just from the organization, period, is that they're taking their time. They're going to do it right. I believe there was a comment made within the organization that 2027 was kind of where they're looking at as, a you know, the time to be, con- you know, a contending team. And it's telling me that t- they're taking their time. They're going to take the time and develop right. And if they probably develop him, I, have, I think he can be an above average, maybe an all-star guy. Because, again, he is very athletic. You know, you can see the potential with this kid. It's just you got to develop him. You know, this is a high risk. But, look, like you said, very risky because um, – but I'm because you just – you can easily see him being a bus. But where I see him being a bus is if they push him too quick. Take your time. Develop him right. He doesn't need to start right away. You know, we don't need him at the two. We don't need him at the three right now. We got that. You know, give him some minutes up the bench, give him, you know, and let him kind of acclimate to the NBA game, man. So I think this kid is going to be special. I really do. I, I, you know, I think it's a high, yeah, it is a risky move, but I like him, man. I think he, and then, you know, just the way he talks and carries himself, he's a humble young man. You know, he's got a good head on the shoulders. I know this is, is very small sample size, but, you know, they seem very impressed with him, just meeting him and his family, kind of see where he's at. You know, he knows that this is a rebuilding and, you know, this is a rebuild, and it's going to take time. So everybody's saying the right things. Just look, but I'm going to emphasis, you know, emphasize this one more time. Two things. One, we got to be patient. You know, a lot of Wizards fans ain't patient, man. Oh, <laughs> I'm man, saying. Gosh. I mean, we both know Wizards Twitter, man. People aren't patient. You got to be patient. This is going to be a more three-year-plus rebuild, man. And it should be. Take your time. Do it right. Build a foundation in D.C. and go from there. And then let's go get some rings, bro. But let's not rush into this. Take your time. Um, so that's what I'm saying. I, I like the move. I like it more and more because he seems like a real humble kid. But look, he's only 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's still growing. He is still finding himself. Look, he, he said in the press conference, look, he soccer was his first sport. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he didn't get into basketball. His dad was a basketball fan and he got into it and he liked it. But, you know, you, know, you see that with a lot of overseas guys. And that's why, again, you see a good footwork it comes from soccer. 
you know, you, you know, um, people forget, man, um, Hakeem Olajuwon, he's known as the best big with footwork because he was a soccer player. You know, so you see a lot of fundamentals with these overseas players, man. A lot of fundamentals, knowing how to use their feet. So I think it's going to be all right. But we have to properly develop him. And that's where I'm at. Take your time. Develop this talent. And was do the right thing. Was do it the right way. And I think we'll be all right in the long run, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he also said that uh, the Wizards were his only pre-draft visit. His agent specifically p- picked Washington as they only had time for a single visit. Yeah, of course, they, they just had the playoffs with Wimby. So he didn't have a lot of time on his hands. And uh, Will Dawkins, you know, had strong interest in Blau. So uh, they made it happen for a pre-draft visit. Now, um, summer league's coming up very soon. So like you said on social media, if he struggles in a summer league and they're going to try to experiment with him, that's what I like with Will Dawkins. They're going to put the ball in his hands, let him dribble the ball up, let him play guard, let him play shooting guard. He's capable of doing it. We saw it in the um, in the playoffs where he was going left, euro step moves, finishing around the rim, dunking on people. So um, I think that this would be the perfect setting to just throw him out there and see what he can do in summer league. Let him play guard. Let him play all over. And let him guard one through five. Let him guard everybody and just show how athletic and the long wingspan that he has and go out there and experiment and let him play. So this will be a great developmental opportunity for it. Now, if he goes out there in summer league and doesn't light the world on fire, not going to overreact. You know, it's kind of the same thing with Johnny Davis last year where Johnny really, really struggled. And uh, I was like, hey, man, we're going to this is, this is going to take a little bit longer than what I thought. With Bilal, I'm already in the mindset. We're like, hey, it, it may take a while, but the risk, the reward is going to be great if we put him in the right weight room, uh, uh, diet, developmental pro- program. Two to three years from now, we might have a, a really, really, really good starter to a potential um dominant player in the league yeah completely agree bro completely agree evaluation is the name of the game so before we roll man got anything else you want to cover no that's it gotcha gotcha so we're gonna go ahead and roll guys definitely appreciate y'all thanks for making locked the wizards your first listen every day again every day or tomorrow on the show we are going to talk about Bilal Koulibaly and what his strengths his weaknesses and if he's developed right how high is his ceiling so definitely tune in so again like, subscribe, comment below. Definitely where you get your podcast, definitely a five-star review is much appreciated. So, again, I appreciate y'all, and peace. Have a good night. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.